1: And may the works this day be of the highest good for all present and those listening, so mote it be. The circle is cast.
0: Cale dictinus. Grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. The traditional meaning of consent means agreeing to something someone else wants. I consent to X. In this meaning, you give consent or get consent. I would like to expand the definition and think of consent as being an agreement that two or more people come up with together. You don't give consent, you arrive at consent together. Welcome to Consent, the 154th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of Betty Martin. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelocityRose.com. You may call me Ode.
1: You can call me not Car. <laughs> Mary meet, my name is Quinn. I'm Ode's mother. Carr is yes. absent today because he has injured his leg.
0: Yes, and therefore cannot climb the steps to our recording location. That's right. Car
1: is broken. Car as Swan yes. says. <laughs>
0: car car is broken itself. So we are going to be doing this episode on our own. That's right. First we have housekeeping.
1: Yes, we do. So what's what's our housekeeping? <laughs> <laughs> well, this upcoming Saturday, yes. we are going to be teaching at Wolf Run Wildlife Sanctuary. Yes. At their festival. Yes. And I believe we are teaching from two to four. Or two to three thirty. Yeah, something like that. Two to three thirty. And we're going to be teaching on syncretic ritual, how mm-hmm. you create one. Yep. And we are pretty excited about doing it. We yes, we're, we've been working time. on it today. We're pretty jazzed yeah. about, about the little class we've got going. It's going to have some uh, some interactive components, that's, so we think it'll be fun. That's fun. Check it out. It's it looks like it's going to be a really good. I was looking. They're they're going to have teaching mm-hmm. and music and dancing. Yeah, it and should be a good event. Should be a great event. So look up Wolf Run Wildlife Sanctuary. And find out about their festival happening this weekend. Yes. And it's happening, I believe. Uh, yeah,
0: it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So. And Swan asks, will we be hanging out there too? We will be there Saturday. I yeah. don't know how long we're going to stay, but we're going to be around Saturday. Yeah,
1: we'll be around. And then obviously we'll be coming back home that evening. Yeah.
0: And then later in August, we are going to be doing another class at Elements, Elements in Kalamazoo. In Kalamazoo. Uh, And that one is going to be... New Gods. Yes, the New Gods class. Winterwolf will asks, will we be at Grand Rapids Pagan Pride? I don't think we were planning.
1: We're not teaching there. Um, We might show up. We might show up. I honestly, with everything that's been going on, Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't even thought about Pagan Pride. I completely forgot. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Uh, so,
0: I don't I don't know off the top of my head even what
1: dates it is. Yeah, so,
0: same. So it's possible that we'll show up, but we're not going to be teaching no, anything. We and we are not
1: to be teaching. We would just be hanging it out and having fun and yep. seeing people. Yep. All
0: right. In that case, we are house kept and house swept. All right. So we're going to be talking about consent in pagan spaces and mm. pagan concepts, I mm-hmm, guess. Because
2: mm-hmm.
0: there are a few ways that this can apply, I think. I think so, yeah. So obviously the, the real-world consent issues tend to come up in covens and con settings. Right. And that's something that we've seen being worked on in those, uh, in those mm-hmm. settings, especially at conventions. You, you hear people sort of lightly complaining about it sometimes, where they say, oh, yeah, right, I have to ask if I can hug you now. But that is one of the things that,
1: that we've seen people... They're taking more of a proactive stance when mm-hmm. it comes to that. It's just, it's the same... And, you know, people wearing buttons saying what their pronouns are right. or actively asking right uh, what your pronouns are. You just you know, you start getting into the habit it's, of yeah, asking can I give you a hug or do you receive hugs? Mm-hmm. Do you receive hugs?
0: That's such a funny way to phrase it. Like I mean I'm physically capable of it. Yeah. yeah. Do you but do I want <laughs> <do you accept>? them? <laughs> yeah. I think it's just there's some growing pains in the community with it. Yeah. Because there was a big con culture sort of before we started going to cons. Mm -hmm. So I've heard about this secondhand. But there seems to have been sort of a big con culture of being sort of very touchy feely Mm -hmm. at pagan cons, very casually in people's physical space. Mm -hmm. I think some people are uncomfortable with having to acknowledge that they may have made people uncomfortable in the past Mm -hmm. with that having to be more conscious of it and, and remember to ask and to, to check in with people and get to, to get affirmative consent makes people the asking is causing them less distress than like the fact that asking now is forcing them to reassess what they did in the past. Right. If that makes sense. Right.
1: Yeah. Because some people are very, they don't know you, but they'll come up and give you a hug as you're being introduced for mm-hmm. the first time. And if it's someone who, uh, you know, you are literally being introduced for the first time, that can be of uncomfortable Um, off-putting it can be off-putting
0: and like i i just don't even like hugs in general right like i'm Mm -hmm. just not a touchy-feely person Mm -hmm. so there are some people that i'll allow to to hug me if like the situation warrants it and if they've asked Mm -hmm. in advance and everything but i'm just not a hugely physically tactile person Mm -hmm. it just makes me uncomfortable
1: right l says we have a culture of not liking to admit that we've made mistakes, and it's a problem, not just in pagan spaces, but overall. And that's very true. Americans, in particular, Mm -hmm. don't like to admit when they've they've done something wrong, wrong or made a mistake, or misunderstood something.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, underpinning some of the like I said, it's not like people are refusing to do it. Right. But there's just these sort of like picking complaints yeah. that I've
1: noticed. Yeah. I, can, I totally get that. I tend to be a person who's willing to hide, but it is awkward when it's not, when it's someone I don't know. Mm-hmm. Unless we've had, I have the mom vibe, you do you know, have a mom for vibe. a lot of people. <laughs> people <laughs> so tell you their
0: life story. They the will. They,
1: they will tell me my life, their life story. Sometimes my own life story. Know. They'll tell me their life story at the grocery store and, So if it, you know, I just trust my instinct. And Uh if I've got someone standing in front of me who's been crying Uh because they've been sharing all this information with me, I will say, do you accept hugs? Uh And they will almost invariably always say, yes, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let me give them a hug. Because for some people, physical
0: comfort is a big thing. Yeah. But not for everybody, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And like, I very rarely do that with my tarot customers, Uh but occasionally a tarot customer will say do you accept hugs? Cause right. I really want to hug you. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> so I think it depends on the situation mm-hmm. and the, because sometimes depending on how you communicate and what type of communicator you are mm-hmm. and the situation you're in communication with a stranger can become oddly intimate mm-hmm. to the point where you could accept a hug from this person because you've right. shared a moment, you've had a
0: connection, you've had
1: a connection whether it's emotional or spiritual Mm -hmm. and you've had this brief connection and it's, you, you feel okay with doing that.
0: But one of the reasons I bring this up and one of the reasons I bring up the the sort of discomfort, I think, especially older pagans feel when they're socially expected now to, to ask for a hug instead of just giving one Mm -hmm. is that when they ask in that way, when they make that kind of comment, like, Oh, I'm supposed to ask now if I can give you a hug, they're, they're creating a coercion.
2: Yeah.
1: They're creating a pressure to accept the hug. Mm-hmm. And it should be okay. I think that's important to say, yes, we should ask people, mm-hmm. do you accept hugs? But it should be okay for people to say no.
0: Exactly. And I think that's where I've noticed... If there is a little bit of a failure in, mm-hmm. in pagan spaces because the expectation is you will say yes. Yeah. This is just like a, a silly barrier I have to pass before I'm allowed a, to hug you, but more, you
1: will say yes. More like a, a a social conformity, a politeness thing. It's become a, it's kind of become a politeness thing. Yeah. You ask before you give the hug, but invariably. But you're, you're already you're going, going in for the hug, you're right? Going like to be you hugged, expect you know. to that you're going to get a yes. Yeah. Then. So now that we've got the language of mm-hmm. people saying do you accept hugs? We need to get into the understanding that they can consent mm-hmm. or refuse. There yeah. needs to be that expectation of them saying, no, I really don't. But hey, I'll give you a fist bump. Right. Or not even Or that. not, or, or nothing. Like, or and, nothing. and it's
0: not, I think there...
1: And there should be no stigma. Exactly.
0: There needs to be an understanding that like declining a hug isn't an insult.
1: Exactly. It's just a preference. Exactly. And I, I think we're still... I think it's in that, that kind of,
0: we're in this in-between this stage in-between. where we're, we're sort of paying lip service to mm-hmm. the need for affirmative consent, right? but we're still putting
1: pressures on people mm-hmm. to consent. Mm-hmm. I, it kind of reminds me, honestly, of when I was growing up and even as an adult in church where they would, you'd have to greet everybody mm-hmm. and you'd go around and have to shake everybody's hand. Yeah. yeah I hated that. Yep. I don't want to. <laughs> I never have wanted to, it, you know. But I think some of that is—it's part of a culture. Mm-hmm. It's a culture thing, which makes sense but because it, Christianity is part of our overculture. Right. So a lot of those but customs. It's, but are it's about a culture there. that
2: needs to change. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is like people should not be forced to be friendly.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I mean. Correct. <laughs> but also, I don't think we should be associating like physical contact with friendliness, right? Like yeah, someone exactly. someone not wanting a hug or a handshake or fist bump or anything doesn't necessarily mean they're not friendly. It a just verbal. means they don't want this particular kind of interaction.
1: Yeah, we should be able to be satisfied With a a head nod, a Mm -hmm. smile, just a verbal greeting, just a verbal acknowledgement of one another's presence Mm -hmm. or getting to know one another. And ultimately, once you get to know someone, they may move into a place where at times... Right. They under, may want to specific receive under specific circumstances. They may be willing to receive a hug. I think we definitely need to get past that hump mm-hmm. of just acknowledging the language.
2: Yeah, you're it's, following the letter.
1: the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the yes. law. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. And that's just something I have noticed at cons
1: I've been to. That there's a lot of the. And that's probably because you're a person who's not comfortable accepting hugs. And so when people
0: come up to me and are like, I have to ask if I can give you a hug now. Mm -hmm. I, because I was socialized as a girl, which includes all these pressures to not rock the boat. Right. My immediate instinct is, oh, they want me to say yes. So the socially acceptable thing to do right now is to say yes and accept a hug that I don't want.
1: And it can be really hard to say no. Mm -hmm. But we need to make it so that it's not hard.
0: It shouldn't be something that like... Only the most confident and socially resilient
1: person can do,
0: right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The retiring wallflower should be able to
1: say, no, I don't want to hug and not
0: feel socially pressured.
1: And I think that it's important to note, like we started off this conversation about consent with something like a hug. Mm-hmm. Because I think most of the time when people we think, think about it as sex, sex yeah. yeah, we think about it as sexual encounters. It's more than that. Mm-hmm. It, it's a much broader and wider arena that we have not really acknowledged—not just even in the pagan community, but I think in our society in as general. Whole, yeah, that consent means more than just "I don't want to have sex with you," you know, yeah, that kind
0: of thing. It well, it's what I said in the in, in the quote at the top of the hour. Mm-hmm. It's, an agreement that people come to together, right? You mm-hmm. arrive at consent about what you right. together are going to do or accomplish. Mm-hmm. Swan says consent can mean consent for conversations, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't want to talk to someone. Yeah, There needs to be, and, and like, <laughs> you don't have to do what I do, which is just leave with no further discussion. But But there needs to be ways for people to exit conversations and for that not to be taken as an
1: insult, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a very hard part that is again part of our our social upbringing Mm -hmm. that filters into our our pagan interactions at festivals or wherever this idea that you have to follow social norms you have Mm -hmm. to follow social conventions with politeness and handshaking and you know being a conversationalist even if you're not Mm -hmm. and that can be hard logan
0: says this is a bit tmi but even if i just had sex with someone if i want to give them a hug i'll still ask if they're okay with me hugging because just because there is consent for one action doesn't mean there's consent for another. Exactly. And that's very true. We all have different levels of tolerance for different things. Discussions of boundaries are super important, it says Elle. Oh, awkward at first, but also helpful. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: that's, I think, where you get into, like, affirmative versus implied consent.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Implied consent is just sort of an assumption you make. Someone didn't tell you no, so you assume the answer is yes. Right. Affirmative consent is the answer is no until someone says yes. Mm-hmm. And I think affirmative consent is a much safer and more productive form of consent or, or understanding of mm-hmm. consent to apply than implied consent.
1: Yes. Rochelle just said, I just listened to another podcast in the last week, which grabbed off the beaten path, and they were talking about the power of no. Mm-hmm. That's because I think more and more in many communities within pagan community, the witchcraft community, wherever, you know, all of these communities, we're all seeing the need and the importance of of consent.
0: But my my argument is you
1: shouldn't need the power of no. No should be assumed. Yeah, that's a good idea. And yes should be something you... So maybe, yeah, so maybe we should be, you know, saying we need to understand that we already... Have the power
0: of no, right? When someone asks you if you want to hug at a con, mm-hmm. their baseline assumption should be that you don't, right? And they're check, they're double checking to see if it in fact okay. you do. And that I think a that would cut down on the the social pressure to say mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. because if if the assumption at a baseline is that no. That should be fine. And Swan says you shouldn't have to explain the no either. 100% correct. You don't have to be like, no, I just, I'm not comfortable touching people. Or I'm worried about COVID. I'm neurodivergent. Like I have chronic pain. You shouldn't have to explain anything.
1: That's the thing I think is, is part of the problem is that we are always having to explain ourselves. If we are not following what society. The social norm. What the social norm is. You have always, to have a good enough excuse. Exactly. Exactly. And that shouldn't be the case. It, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I hadn't really thought of it that way. Yeah. But yeah, the, the
0: it assumption. Should, it shouldn't be that, that you need to be strong enough to say no. It should be that everyone just assumes it's no until you say yes. Mm-hmm. That's the affirmative yeah. versus implied consent difference. I
1: Unfortunately, think. that is not the way our society works.
0: That's not the way our society works. But paganism yeah. is a fairly small
1: group. We and we could make it, it the way we work yeah. if I, we wanted to. Yeah, I, and I think that's why we talk about these topics the way we do, is that we're, we want to give people something to think about, mm-hmm. to implement in their own lives so that we can And start, in their communities. And in their communities, in their sphere of influence, so that as a community... Pagan community, witchcraft, whatever you want to define it, mm-hmm. we can begin making these changes. Yeah, it's the same thing with uh, you know with other issues of being more LGBTQ friendly, more accessible, more accessible. You know, all of these different issues.
0: Just because society sucks right now doesn't mean we can't fix it in small increments.
1: Yeah, exactly. In fact, I think honestly, I think that's the only way it's going to be fixed. I think we have to do these things within our own sphere of influence. First, and in it yourself.
0: Radiates outward.
1: Exactly. First in yourself, then your family, then your, your friends, your coworkers, you lead by example
2: mm-hmm.
1: and by your, and speaking your words, you know, right. saying this is this, this is, why is why I'm, doing, I'm doing this until it starts to ripple out mm-hmm. and there, you know, and other people start picking this up and people who have greater influence than you do yes. can start making a difference. And then we can start seeing these changes. That's why you are now seeing badges Mm -hmm. that have pronouns. That's why. Okay for
0: hugs or please don't hug
1: or whatever. That's why you have people, whether they're giving it lip service or not, Mm -hmm. that's why they are asking, do you accept hugs? Mm -hmm. Now we need to go the next step. Right. Of making them not just ask, but actually like. Internalizing it. And that it's not just, it's not just just something they have to do to meet the standards of the event, but that they're already assuming no, Mm -hmm. And waiting to see if the person is going to continue with that mm-hmm. or consent to a hug. Yep. Change that no to a yes. Yep. But that has to start with individuals.
0: Yes. The changing thing. That's a another relevant point. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, right. sometimes also your consent changes. Yes. You exactly. consent to a hug on this occasion but from this person. Not. But you don't want a hug from this person five minutes later.
1: Yeah. For a, For a different situation.
0: That's fine. Or like they start a hug and then you decide actually no i'm not this isn't working for me and so you end the hug you can change your mind exactly that's not a crime exactly or and for that matter if you say no to start with no i don't accept hugs but no. then like the next day actually you think you would like a
1: hug from mm-hmm. this person because you can change your mind because sometimes it is a matter of wanting to get to know a person wanting to have a connection with that person mm-hmm. becoming a friend or whatever or just it's sharing an experience and then you go from that no to a yes.
0: Or sometimes it's not even... Yeah, sometimes, it's not. sometimes it has nothing to do with that person. No. Sometimes it's just like, it's you. I today was not feeling like hugs. Yeah. But now I am feeling like hugs.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think we need to be able to acknowledge that mm-hmm. and experience that. Again, one person at a time. Yep. We make these changes. Yep. And that's how we start seeing it ripple out yeah. and become better. And I do think and change, and then we start adding nuance. Exactly. (laughs) More layers. (laughs) We start adding more layers. We start adding nuance. And Elle says, and
0: create a culture where it's normal to discuss these things and communicate those shifting boundaries. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks to our tiger Solanox for introducing us to Weavers of the Web, an interfaith pagan ATC, that's Aquarian Tabernacle Church organization based in Lansing, Michigan. Weavers of the Web is a public Wiccan church that aims to be family-friendly, supportive, and informative with the goal of ensuring that no one ever need be alone in their spiritual needs. Weavers is currently raising funds for the down payment on a property which would allow them to expand their current network of resources. During social distancing, you can find them online at weaversoftheweb.org or on Facebook at facebook.com backslash ATC. Weavers is also holding regular Zoom meetings, online rituals, and Discord
1: discussions during this time. Commercial hail, accomplished. Hail Dick <laughs> Dictinus. Hail dictinus! Hail dictinus! <laughs> Hail dictinus! Hail dictinus! All right. So next. yeah. So
0: so we started with the sort of the gen the the con thing. The do you accept hugs? Because
1: it's the most basic, mm-hmm. I think, of you know it's understanding most, consent. Yeah, and it's it's really basic. It's really low stakes uh-huh. too. Very low stakes.
0: <laughs> and I think it's very. It's something we're seeing a lot of mm-hmm. in our community right now. And mm-hmm. that I think we will see even more of post-COVID now.
1: Yes. And I was going to say COVID and post-COVID mm-hmm. time may really they adjust, may how, adjust. These, yeah,
0: how, how these things work. How people feel about it. Yeah, exactly. I, I imagine there will be a lot more no thank yous, mm-hmm. stay six feet away from these than there have been in the past. Uh, and hopefully that, like I said, hopefully that will change the way people approach it so there will be less of that sort of fighting, undermining coercion implied in the question. Right. Exactly. We do need to address uh, sexual consent in paganism. Yeah. Because it's sometimes involved in ritual. Sex is sometimes involved in ritual.
1: Nudity is sometimes nudity involved. Nudity is
0: sometimes involved in ritual with covens, especially mm-hmm. with closed covens. Even if sex
1: isn't involved. Exactly. Nudity can be involved.
0: And that's a very tricky line to walk. Mm-hmm. because the Because there's a, a hierarchy in most covens. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are usually high priest or high priestess of some kinds. usually have different terms depending on what practice they're in. But there are one or two leaders in a coven mm-hmm. in general who make the rules mm-hmm. and decide what the rituals are going to look like mm-hmm. and who's going to do what. And participate. How? And, and obviously
1: we're talking about private rituals, right? not public rituals. And Although
0: sometimes. And sometimes. <laughs> rarely. Mostly this is private rituals. Right. Especially where sex is involved. It's very important. And there's nothing wrong with a hierarchy in general. Right. Some situations call for hierarchies. Mm-hmm. But there is a, a natural and unavoidable coercion mm-hmm. that comes with someone who is in a position of authority over you in a hierarchy Mm -hmm. telling you that you will need to be nude for a ritual or you will need to perform a sexual act for a ritual. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And it is very difficult to establish informed, affirmative consent in those situations. Mm -hmm. It is. I'm not in a coven. Nope. So this is.
1: Neither neither am I. This is a topic I don't have personal experience with. I would say I would recommend uh, as far as this issue, because I do believe Jason Mankey does discuss this in Transformative Witchcraft.
0: There needs to not be an assumption Mm -hmm. that everyone in your circle will be comfortable with nudity. Even if they've been comfortable with nudity or a sex act in a ritual on previous occasions. Don't just assume Mm -hmm. that they will be comfortable with nudity or a sex act in a ritual on future occasions. Right. Rochella says, Please tell people if your dick will be out in the circle, I shouldn't have to ask this. That's another thing is I think there should be content warnings at the
1: beginning of all rituals. (laughs) Right. Well, and I will say, like, I know, I don't know how it is now, but I know that there have been some festivals, some Mm -hmm. pagan festivals in the past where there was camping and Mm -hmm. things like that. That, you know, that there would be sky clad. People sky clad. There would be nudity. It was always warned that there would be nudity. But I never went because I, I always felt like I would feel compelled to participate. Right. You know, and that's, I think, where this idea of hierarchy of authority comes in, where even if they're telling you ahead of time, if you're not comfortable, this may not be an event that you want to be at. Some people still may feel like they're compelled to be part of it, even mm-hmm. if it makes them uncomfortable. hmm
0: I'm not saying that you have to necessarily change the plans for your ritual. If being sky glad or yeah. having some kind of sex act is an important part of your your ritual yeah. and it has to happen, that's fine.
2: Yeah, but you have some to, traditions where that's important.
0: Yeah, but you need to tell the participants ahead of time mm-hmm and get fully informed mm-hmm. affirmative consent for their participation and if you don't get it they need to be able to not participate
1: in this ritual mm-hmm. or to participate in some other way yeah and not be made to feel like like they're failing like in they're some failing way. like they're not going to be able to move forward in the coven or move forward in their degrees because i in mm-hmm. initiations. And stuff. Yes.
0: Because there are some, not many, but there are a few traditions mm-hmm. where initiations require some kind of, of sexual act. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's cool personally.
1: And I don't even know if that's still <laughs> legitimate today.
0: I don't I mean, know, I but there have been traditions. and have been in the past. I, no, I 100% guarantee you, because those traditions existed in the past, mm. there is a coven somewhere still doing
1: it. No, probably.
0: There is absolutely no way
1: that no one is doing it. <laughs> so, yeah, and Rabbit says, uh, one of the many benefits of being solitary. Mm-hmm. True.
0: Elle says, and like, sex isn't bad to contradict no. the Christian overculture. Exactly. Nor is nudity. But it is absolutely a common trigger and something that people need to be able to provoke consent to at any time in the process. And I think that's important to yeah. note. We're not trying to demonize sex no, and ritual no, here no. or nudity and ritual. It's completely fine. Like I said, it's completely fine to have those things as necessary components of your ritual. But people need to know what's coming. Yep. And Swan actually says, uh, my group did an emerging ritual for Ostara and asked if we could put blankets over people's heads. That's a really That's good a point great because like having a blanket over your head could be a trigger for somebody mm-hmm. that, could really that could set off claustrophobia. That could set off fear of the dark. There are all kinds of things that that could be a trigger for anything that, uh, this is why I say, I think rituals need content warnings in the front of them. Just yeah. tell people what you're going to do. And honestly,
1: I think they need to have content. And don't,
0: and don't leave, and don't pressure them to participate in the parts that make them uncomfortable.
1: Here's, here's the thing. I think the content warning needs to be more than just right before the ritual. Yeah, it
0: needs to be well in advance. Because
1: it needs to be well in advance. People need to know in advance if there's going to be nudity, if there's going to be some kind of a situation that could make them feel claustrophobic, Mm -hmm. like what Swan was saying. Or Or agoraphobic. Or whatever. They just need to know the basics, yeah. the essentials of what's happening. And I think the reason they need to know more than like five minutes before the ritual is so they don't feel pressured.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, they don't In have the that,
1: moment. In the moment. because the group, the social pressure. The social pressure of being with your peers mm-hmm. and being the one person who's not comfortable being nude. Mm-hmm. Because some people, like you said, for some people it is triggering. Mm-hmm.
0: Or or like, it may just be like... Or you're, you're just uncomfortable. You got
1: body issues. Exactly.
0: You could be comfortable seeing other people nude but not want to be nude yourself Mm -hmm. which is then a thing you have to discuss with the rest of the group because other people in the group may not be comfortable being with a clothed person in the circle while they're nude because that's you know that there's an exposure happening there that's not being
1: reciprocated and i think it's i think it's telling that that you felt like you had to say we're not demonizing sex or nudity right because we're talking about consent (laughs) you know because we're saying people should have warning up uh, Mm -hmm. up front because and longer than five minutes so that they don't feel pressured by the exactly. way. We should not feel compelled to explain our right? That we're sex positive and body positive. That we are sex positive and body positive people just because we believe consent is an important thing. Mm-hmm. Get it?
0: <laughs> That's, yeah. It's you're right. It's yeah. really stupid that those things get wrapped up together yeah. saying, Hey, you should ask for consent has and been equated by some people to, well, you just think sex
1: is bad. And no, it just, <laughs> Consent is an important thing in all of these areas.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, and more than just sex. I think it's,
1: I think yeah. it, it sets
0: people off more and it's more obvious when it's about sex because that's something we have really like strong feelings about
2: mm-hmm. uh, just mm-hmm.
0: as a culture.
1: We have strong feelings about sex. And let's talk about body shame because when, you know, and body positivity because people who are overweight People who have dysphoria, mm-hmm. people, you know, there are a number of reasons why someone people might have
2: injuries,
0: people who have
1: injuries. There's a lot of reasons why people mm-hmm. might not feel comfortable mm-hmm. with, with being ritual nudity. nudity, whether for themselves or in front of other people. Mm-hmm. It's more than just, oh, you know, you don't think sex is OK. There are so many layers of potential triggers here, mm-hmm. potential reasons yeah, why someone which, might not be comfortable,
0: which again. No one should have to explain.
1: No one should have to explain it. Exactly. Exactly.
0: someone doesn't need a, a good enough excuse to opt out of the nudity or sex part of your ritual or the blanket over your head part of your ritual or the like with an athame part of your ritual. Mm-hmm. We talk about the sex because like I said, in our culture, in American culture, especially we have strong feelings about sex, mm-hmm. but we almost undervalue the intensity of violence. There are certainly rituals that incorporate some element of violence, bloodletting, mm-hmm. flogging, all kinds of things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, even, even performed ritual drama violence, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, like, or, like a John Barleycorn kind of a thing, right. where there's the, the ritual death of someone. Mm, implied violence. Mm-hmm. Or performative violence. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about getting consent for those things, but we absolutely should be because those could also be triggering for people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, I think. Rochelle says unfortunately, should isn't currently reality. So, those who want to make it a reality have to be mo- more overt and explicit and explanatory. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And this goes back to something we've touched on before, mm-hmm. which is that. A lot of people want there to be a mystery to their ritual. Right, right. And I understand that impulse. I understand the desire for there to be something unpredictable and magical in a ritual. Mm -hmm. But
1: it does not trump the needs of your participants. Right, exactly. Let people know, like if you are a coven leader, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm assuming they do this, let them know really way in advance before they even get to meet your coven. At least a week. You know, let them know that this is a potential if they get further into, you know, if they get brought into your coven. Mm-hmm. You know, that this is part of your tradition. I mean, it's the same thing if, you know, if there's going to be some kind of a, a, a ritual that involves, you know, in a, in a public setting, people need to know that well in advance and not feel shamed if they decide to not to, participate, yes, to opt, to opt out. out.
0: Or to ask for some kind of some kind of other solution. Yeah. It, it shouldn't, obviously, I think opting out is a f- completely fair option, mm-hmm. but I don't think it should be people's only option.
1: Yeah, I think there should be a way for them to be able to participate without the pressure of conformity. Mm-hmm.
0: And that that's complicated, and that's going to involve depending on your specific circumstances, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: people but, are going to have to get creative. Exactly,
0: but <laughs> but I think it, it, there should at least it, people should at least consider finding some kind of middle ground. Well, for people I, who are not comfortable with X, Y, or Z happening in a ritual,
1: we are coming around to changes. That are necessary because we are no, you know, Wicca and other pagan religions and traditions that started in the 50s and 60s. They are going to have to adapt to the changing sensibilities Mm -hmm. of today's pagans, witches, Wiccans, and other magical people, you know.
0: Elle says workplaces have to inform potential employees of stuff like this post involves standing, sitting for long hours, picking up objects up to 20 pounds, etc., might not be a bad thing to include for rituals, too. And they also give an option for making reasonable adjustments or accommodations for those who can't necessarily do all those things. We need that, too. Mm -hmm. I agree. And then Swan says, get consent for mystery. We do it for movies with the rating system. Mm -hmm. That's really smart, Mm -hmm. actually. Yep. I am intrigued by the concept of a ritual rating system. Mm -hmm. Where if you want to include a certain amount of mystery in your ritual, you say, like... This ritual is rated N for may contain nudity like, like, or whatever, you know, like, I don't like, obviously that's something that we would need to, we would need to actually work out what a rating system would look like, but that would be, that would be an option for people. I still, I still think TV 14 ritual. Yeah. I I still think content warnings are the most productive thing you can do uh, ahead of a ritual. I think that's ideal. But if you insist on having an element of mystery to your ritual, then you can do like AO3 does and have the choose not to use archive warnings tag. You know, like you can, you can have a rating system and, and include, yeah, this ritual is rated mm-hmm. R17, no participants under the age yeah. of 17. Like, I can
1: already tell you that I really seriously doubt that the pagan community as a whole would be willing to create something like this because they'd be like, it's rules. But, I don't give a fuck. The pagan
0: community needs to get its shit together and realize that, like, these are not just arbitrary rules.
1: These things exist to help people make informed choices. Right. And I agree with you. I'm I'm just saying that I I feel like this will be a difficult transition. But again, I think it starts with individuals. Mm -hmm. I think it starts with covens and groups, groves and various events, events and communities. It's going to take people introducing it mm-hmm. probably at, you know, whatever events that we start happening, because who knows what's it's going to be like, you know, post exactly, COVID. COVID, you know, start introducing these concepts in your own sphere of influence mm-hmm. and then let it fan out. You know? Rochelle
0: says if certain big name pagans put together a rating system, then people will be able to choose whether or not to participate in a quote, in a quote, unrated ritual. But those who want the ratings would have a consistent
1: tool. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it would take someone from the BNP
0: category. Elle says, like y'all have said before, there is no pagan pope, but there is peer pressure. Yeah,
1: exactly. And that's how we got things like ask before giving hugs. Yeah. It is an effective way to do Mm -hmm. things. It just takes time. Yes. It, It takes time. And it takes commitment from you as an individual. Right. To be willing to, if you are, if you're leading a coven, or if you're leading a ritual, or if you're leading an event, as Melkor
0: says, the pagan community is not immune to change because we're wacky, TM. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely exactly. correct,
0: Melkor. Thank you.
1: Exactly. It's, it's exactly. at
0: least a worthwhile thing to to
1: attempt. Yeah. Right. Even if it doesn't stick, it forces people to think about rituals differently. Exactly. Exactly. And honestly, I think it will be. It will make rituals better. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we led a ritual two years ago now Yeah, uh, that was a syncretized ritual. And, you know, we had,
0: we had an extensive, an extensive introduction, introduction where introduction. we went
1: through,
2: here's
0: all the stuff we're going to do, all the gods we're going to address, mm-hmm. all the blah, blah, blah. And like, it took a long time to get through. Mm-hmm. It was probably I don't know, a 10 minute prep before we even started cleansing to go into the ritual.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it, it gave everyone a heads up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. And mm-hmm. I'm, it's like, I think that's worth taking 10 minutes to do.
2: Yeah.
1: That would be something now that it was something that we did 10 minutes prior. Mm-hmm. If there was some component that right. we wanted greater right time for people to think about, right, we would want to introduce that. We, earlier. Didn't, we
0: didn't really have an option. Like we did because it was, it was a public ritual. So right. with the, and there wasn't like a newsletter we could publish right. the details in, but exactly. So content warning, some kind of rating system. I don't know. Things need to change about how we how we expect people to participate in rituals and and the amount of information we give them so they can have make
1: informed uh, decisions about their their consent to participate in them. And uh, Rochella says if people see it at cons in public ritual, they'll likely ask which will begin the normalization process. Exactly. And that's why it needs to start at events. Yeah, big events, big events, the stores that host public rituals mm-hmm. and, and covens that host public rituals. Yeah. At Pagan Pride Days and things like that. So there needs to be this this option so that people start expecting it.
0: Yeah. So it becomes yeah, so it becomes be normalized. Normal. Yep. And that's just that's just the only way these things happen.
1: Visit Birmingham Violin Studio where our tiger, Kristen Gill, has been teaching violin to anyone ages seven and up for 20 years. Kristen tailors each lesson specifically to the student, since all people are unique individuals with their own learning style rather than teaching from a single method or method book. Kristen has a master of music and violin performance and has played with professional ensembles, including Orchestra Iowa, Florida Grand Opera, Palm Beach Symphony, and the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra, as well as KC and the Sunshine Band, the Beach Boys, and a pre-American idol, Kelly Clarkson. Due to social distancing, the Birmingham Violin Studio has pivoted to providing online instruction, and Kristen is offering listeners to Three Pagans and a Cat their first two lessons free when they sign up for two months of lessons.
0: Hail Dictonus. Hail Dictonus. Good read. Logan says if you don't want to hear what's going to happen in a ritual, plug your ears. Mm -hmm. Um, That is actually something we could accommodate. You could accommodate, like, there's going to be a separate space for people who don't want to know what's coming in the ritual you can go over there and listen to some soothing music or whatever <laughs> until that's right. uh, until someone comes to fetch you and let you know that it's time for the ritual to start but for the people who do want to know yep. that information needs to be available yep exactly it's like the the people who do who are aggressively against spoilers or whatever you can mm-hmm. you can create a separate you space accommodate for them exactly so the other thing I wanted to talk about is the sort of consent when dealing with gods, spirits, ancestors, etc. Yes, because that is
1: also important. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's important for from the human perspective and from the non-human perspective, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, my position is that you can say no to yes. anything and any request or demands made of you by any spirit, ancestor, or god. Mm -hmm. I know there are some people who are like, no, no, my relationship is different. And if I said no, I would get in trouble. Well, if you say no to your boss, you'll get in trouble. But that doesn't mean you're not allowed to say no. Mm -hmm. It just means that there are consequences for it. Mm -hmm. You can say no to gods, spirits, or ancestors for anything.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. That doesn't mean there will necessarily be no consequences, Mm -hmm. especially if you've made some kind of oath. Mm -hmm. But you can say no. Exactly.
1: In fact, I've referenced this before before. Devin Hunter's book, uh, A Witch's Book of Spirits, mm-hmm. talks about creating contracts, contracts with spirits that you are planning to work with and that both of you agree on mm-hmm. before you, you begin. You agree it. to the terms. You agree to the terms before you begin a relationship. There, you know, And there's no, you often hear about people saying, you know, I feel like I'm called by this God, right. but I'm not sure I want to. To follow that God, you know, mm-hmm. because for whatever reason they might be uncomfortable. And so they want to say, you know, I, I don't think, I, I don't know if I want to honor mm-hmm. this deity. And you yes, don't have to. You don't have to. You can say no to that You deity. can decline a calling. <laughs> yeah, you can decline a calling. I think part of it, too, this idea that you have to say yes to a spirit or you have to say yes to a deity. Again, it comes back to uh, Christianity, Judaism, mm-hmm. Islam, you know, all these major religions where... You you are required to say yes to the deity. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I don't I don't think that is the case in paganism. I'm saying I think that's a some baggage people bring with them. Oh, definitely. This this concept that you can't say no to a deity or a spirit.
0: Yeah, no, definitely that's baggage people bring with them. That's what I'm saying. I I'm just saying you always can say no. And then sometimes that baggage essentially fucks them up when they do say no. Right? Like they're like the consequences are not even consequences that are being levied on them by uh, the deity or spirit that they have declined. They're they're essentially cursing themselves with anxiety and stress and fear mm-hmm. over Having said no to something that they think of as more powerful than that. Finn says, yep, I have told Loki no on several occasions. It's not that I don't like Loki. It's just not the right time for me. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's fair. And like I said, I I know there are people who feel, and the only people who are coming to mind right now are problematic for other reasons. Um, I know there are people who feel that they are unable, not just like socially unable, but like unable Mm -hmm. to say no to a deity right that like they are in a sense enslaved by that deity we, we touched on this a little bit before when we talked in our episode where we talked about different relationships with gods if you are in a consensually non-consensual relationship with a god spirit or ancestor mm-hmm. you do you mm-hmm. consensual non-consent is a whole bdsm thing that i don't have time to get into right now <laughs> but if you're if you are in a consensually non-consensual relationship go for it have safe words but I don't think you should ever feel like a god is, is going to ruin your life mm-hmm. if you don't do something for them. Mm-hmm. To me, that feels like a, a relationship that is not healthy for you. Exactly. Else said, and sometimes they appreciate and or respect you more for saying, no, that's also true. Sometimes you're being tested. Your limits are being pushed to see if you'll push back. Mm-hmm. There are some gods in particular who are like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not always uh, fun, but... You know, they they do a job. The other thing is that it's not just your consent that needs to be considered Mm -hmm. when you're dealing with spirits, ancestors, deities, etc. Other beings. Other beings. They are beings. Mm -hmm. They, too, have to consent to this arrangement. Mm -hmm. And just because you feel like they have more power than you spiritually or whatever doesn't mean that their consent should just be assumed right you should be seeking mutual affirmative Mm -hmm. consent between Mm -hmm. you the human practitioner or worshiper or whatever and the spirit Spirit. ancestor deity fey, or whatever
1: Mm -hmm. mystical being the being in question Mm -hmm. that that goes with plant spirits and nature spirits and all tools all these things there it's a partnership i Mm -hmm. think i think we need to move into an understanding that yeah. of, have, our of our with these relationships, our relationships relationships. Exactly. We don't use the plants that mm-hmm. we work with. We are in partnership with the plants, exactly with their spirits. They lend their energy to us be- on agreement because mm-hmm. it is their desire to do so.
2: Yeah. But they can choose receiving an offering or whatever.
1: Exactly. But it is up to them to, to make that determination if they want to work with you. Exactly. I see this a
0: lot. I see a lot of people asking for permission to do X or to take something from a plant in nature, mm-hmm. but then not listening for the reply. Mm-hmm. They assume that because they asked, mm-hmm. the answer will be yes. But to it's not To go back always. to the hugs thing. Just because you asked doesn't mean you get free reign to do the thing. Mm-hmm. You have to actually get the yes response in return.
1: Mm-hmm. If you don't get the yes in return, assume the answer is no. Yep. Uh, it, I have told this story mm-hmm. before about my lobelia plants. I wanted to harvest the flowers to put into my apothecary, and they were like, "No, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you
0: can't do that. You can't do that.
1: We, we want to stay where we are. We mm-hmm. are beautiful, and, and we're uh, going to continue being beautiful to continue. here." And then I waited a few months mm-hmm. because look, these lobelia were beautiful and they were blooming and gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then as we were getting toward fall, I was like, "Listen, <laughs> your beauty has, we'll, has we'll soon fade, me, but, it but it will soon fade." May I harvest some of your flowers so that I can put them in the apothecary? And I got one plant mm-hmm. to, to acquiesce and say yes. <laughs> and they said yes, you know. But the others were like, No. And no, so I you still can't. I know you still can't. And so I respected that. And I think that's where we need to, to start seeing a change. Is that we're it's not, not just, just ask. It's also listen. It's also listen. And it's not just taking energy from the earth or mm-hmm. taking energy from plants or stones or other beings or ancestors. Mm -hmm. It it is a relationship that we should be developing with these spirits to work with them together.
0: You're making exchanges. You're making exchanges. And this can even be true of gods. Rhiannon mentions, like me, I work with Apollo and I respect Artemis and have a little bear statue for her, but she doesn't want to work with me the same way. And I was kind of upset at first, but it's chill now. Sometimes a God just isn't interested in you. They don't want to work with you. They don't want to be worshipped by you. They don't want anything to do with you. Mm -hmm. It's not an insult. It's is just the it? reality. They're not interested in a relationship with you. Get over it. And I think
1: again that go- been, you have not been friend zoned by a yeah. deity. That's where we get into the, the concept that we're not just talking about spiritual energies. Right. We're talking about spiritual personality, Beings. Beings. Individual beings. Now, part of that is because we are hard, right.
0: we're hard polytheists, polytheists and animists
1: and so we believe that they have individual spirits. And if that is not your belief. You know we're not going to force you to believe any other. way none
0: of this will be relevant. None to of you. this will be relevant to you. But for for me, yeah, like don't
1: ask if you're not going to listen,
0: mm-hmm. and always ask. That's an, it's not optional. I ask my stones all the time. Like I have two separate pieces of Labradorite. One piece only works with me for divination. The other piece only works with me for dream work. They do not share jobs. One cannot be substituted for the other. They uh, do not even like to be in the same space. They want to be physically separated. Mm -hmm. That's just how those particular stones are. And you could say like, oh, well, you're going to be getting the same labradorite energy from each of them, but No, that's not the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is these two stones have have different personalities Mm -hmm. and they want to do different things. And they're only willing to work with me in
1: specific ways. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And Finn, you know, when we're talking about, you Mm -hmm. know, asking, uh, Finn says, yes, where I morel mushroom hunt before I cross the gate, I ask, can I cross and pick mushrooms? I have been told on many occasions. No. Yep. You know? (laughs) Yep. And even
0: after getting asked across the gate, I ask the mushroom after being found if I can
1: use it. So that's, again, it's different. Consent comes in many forms and in many ways. Uh-huh. And it becomes really an understanding of within yourself yeah. that consent is important. Yep. Consent is And that important. it matters
0: for more than just you, yep. right? Your yep. consent matters because everyone's consent matters. Yeah.
1: Now, are we going to talk about... Yes. Because... There are some... This is
0: something we we wanted to talk about. So, Ran says, Not sure if this is where you're going to go, Ode, but I'd like to open the conversation on consent and spells. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, if I'm doing dark magic, I really... I'm not going (laughs) to tell the person I may be hexing or whatever. But if I'm ever doing like job, money, luck work for a friend, I ask them if it's okay first, because in my mind, there's the common notion down here of people assuming it's okay to pray for you, whether they're being assholes or genuine, but my praying is a lot more intense.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly.
0: Yes. I think anytime you're doing magic for or on someone... Mm-hmm. Obviously, excluding left-hand path kind mm-hmm. of stuff where mm-hmm. right? you're hexing someone. And I was going to say. <laughs> you, you don't, obviously, you don't inform your enemy of what you're doing. But anytime you're doing work for someone, yeah. you should get their consent for it first. Yeah. And you should get their informed consent for it. Don't just say, like, can I pray for you if you're planning to go home and make a money jar, right? Mm-hmm. Like, tell them, I would like to do some spell work for you. Yep. Yeah. Are you comfortable with that? Here's what it would look like and what its purpose would be.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And if they say no, then no matter how much you think they could use your help, you don't do it yep. because you are, yeah, you are working. If you're going to work magic on someone's behalf, you're not really doing it on their behalf if they don't consent to it.
1: And uh, I think on the, in the converse side, mm-hmm. if someone asks you to perform a spell for them, yes. you also have the right to decline. Say no, you have the right to decline. Yep. If for whatever reason you are not feeling that it would be a good thing to do for this person, mm-hmm. I think it goes both ways. Yep. You do not have to say yes to someone. Who asks you to provide a spell? Exactly. You
0: just because you're the local witch
1: doesn't mean you have
0: an obligation to do magic for everyone. Mm-hmm. And likewise, just because you're the local witch doesn't mean you
1: have free reign to do magic for everyone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Let's face it. A lot of times, the people who are asking for spells are asking for love spells, right? And that all is a sticky and it brings, in its, brings its own ethical it quandaries. Own, yeah, exactly. So ultimately, these do come down to ethics. And no, you don't ask consent from 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 uh, your enemy. From your enemy if you can plan to to continue uh, the war. <laughs> to continue like, you know, a binding spell or, or curse or something. Mm-hmm. Does that make us hypocrites on consent? I don't think so. <laughs> no, an enemy is a different, enemy a different is a
2: category. Is a person. Different category
0: altogether. Uh, Swan says, what about those requests for love and light? Is that giving consent for spell work on their behalf? I don't think so, because people who are asking for love and light are generally asking in the sort of the same way you'd ask for prayers, Mm -hmm. whereas... Or sending energy. Sending energy, whereas doing a spell, at least as far as I'm concerned, doing a spell that has like a directed function Mm -hmm. is more. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And it it does something different than just sending someone energy that they can use in whatever way is appropriate to their situation. You doing a spell is you setting an intention.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with Rashala who says, I think uh, according to Swan's question about love and light, mm-hmm. I think that depends on the context and would require clarification. Which means asking, reaching out to that person yeah. and, and asking for their consent to do a spell. Yeah, specifically, what is it that you
0: require? Yeah, I wouldn't take that as blanket consent. Obviously, it's blanket consent to send them love and light, right? To send them mm-hmm. that kind of energy. But it's not blanket consent to do a spell. Rhiannon says, unfortunately, it was a common thing to see happen in my former online group before I joined the Pride. Lots of young witches, especially performing spells for literally anyone they thought might be having a hard time, especially celebrities they were fans of. It always put me off, but I was in the minority. Yeah, I think that's really that's that's inappropriate for individuals. Yeah, I'll put it this way: it's inappropriate to do that for individuals. If you're doing like oh, we did a spell, we did a protection spell for like the the capital. capital. We did a protection spell for that entire
2: community. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, But there's no one person there we can ask for consent to do a spell, Mm -hmm. right? We could if we if we reached out to every single person there, we might get one person to consent. But like that would be meaningless. But because we were essentially trying to protect a democratic process, I feel like that's different from doing a spell for a person. Mm-hmm. That's doing we're a spell for that's doing a spell
1: for a function. And it is our capital. Right. So yeah. <laughs> Groups without explicit turning, people just feel different. Yep, yeah, yeah, more generalized. More generalized. Yeah. Yep, agreed. And it like it comes down to like the the love spells situation. I have always been of the opinion that if you're going to cast a love spell, cast it on yourself,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Rochelle, rather than on someone else, because it, a love spell, yeah. depending on the the intent. Can be coercive.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I agree. Should be something
0: you cast on yourself or in a very general, like, just at universe, bring love
1: to me. Right. But also, I think we also, we've talked about this in casting episodes before, Mm -hmm. is that you own your shit. If you're going to cast a love spell, own it. If you're going to cast a curse, own it. If you're going to cast a money spell, because someone's going to not get a job. Exactly.
0: Because Because the the
1: subject of your spell did. Because the subject you or someone else did. There will always be
0: consequences for magic. And that's why Mm -hmm. I think you should get consent before you do it. Especially because you don't know someone's full situation. Mm -hmm. No matter how much they've posted online, right? You don't know all the specifics. You don't know how they feel about it or what kind of resolution they want in their heart. So... Don't just cast magic for for people Mm -hmm. willy-nilly, casually, because you can. And that's also why it needs to be informed consent for the specific spell you will be casting for them. Mm -hmm. Don't just ask the person, like, can I do a spell for you? Mm -hmm. Tell them what kind of spell you would be doing and what the effect would be.
1: So, yeah, but ultimately it does come down to your individual ethics. Yeah, You know, what does consent mean to you and how does it affect you? How does it affect your interactions with others?
0: And and this is important.
1: Not just what does consent mean to you, but what does consent mean in your community? In your community. And are you willing to not just give it lip service, but to be, you know, to give a genuine thought mm-hmm. and uh, understand why it's important. And
0: how you can prioritize uh, informed and affirmative consent mm-hmm. in the groups you are a part of. Not just in pagan groups. Obviously, we're focusing on that because we're a pagan podcast. Right. But like, in your friend group, yeah. In your workspace, every every community that you're a part of, mm-hmm. consent should be a critical part of the functioning
1: of that community. And that includes your own consent. Yes. If people are asking you to do things, uh-huh. you have to know that you have the you've already have the right. Right. You to just refuse. You just need the practice. <laughs> you just need the practice. I think that's I think, it for this episode. I think so. I think we've covered it as well as we can. <laughs> yeah in that
0: case uh, google we're on google yeah you can google the number three pagans and a cat and you'll find us on all the social media things mm-hmm. and we have a website at truepagansandcat.com the number three pagansandcat.com mm-hmm.
1: you can support us at
0: patreon right uh,
1: which you can probably also find through google do google Gwen has a blog on Patheos which i have not been very active on recently for personal reasons yep i'm hoping to return to that and i think that's everything yeah. So I'm going to go and, for some uh, <laughs> So yeah. And share our podcast with your friends, family, and people you don't know.
0: <laughs> Strangers.
1: Okay. Strangers. But and, only after you get consent first. Yes. Get consent to say, uh, hey, ask people if they'd like to listen I'm, to three bags of cash. That's right. Tell them it's a pagan podcast with three crazy people. Uh-huh. Do you want to listen to it? And if they say yes,
2: then the play, give them the episode. The, <laughs> the play the
1: episode or give them a link. <laughs>
2: All, right. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.